0: Could you say it again. I remember I was afraid, and all the hand I felt lead the way. And for the first time in my life, I felt safe. Well, now that I'm older, could you lead me again? store Trusting was easy when it was all simple, and loving was easy when it was all simple, and trusting was easy when it was all simple, and driving was easy when it was all simple, and trusting. Was
1: name of Jesus, we welcome your presence. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord. As your word says that we love you because you first loved us. Lord, uh, we just heard a song about taking us back to our first love. But Lord, the scripture says you first loved us. And Lord, to think that we were your first love is beyond human comprehension. You are awesome. And we thank you, and we worship you, and we love you. And we ask you, Father, for the grace to continue to live in this old world and to share this love with all of humanity. It's too good not to share with everybody. Forgive us for not doing so, and help us to start today in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Glory to God. That just hit me. We was his first love. Wow. Sit and soak in that a minute. You know how much God loves you? <laughs> if you ever doubt the love of God for you, all you need to do is look to the cross. What Jesus did on the cross is all the proof you need that his love for you is boundless and eternal. No matter how far you've been, no matter what you've done, there's a balm for your, whole, for your soul Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5, where the Bible says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. And this message I'd like to call, Break Out the bomb." Break out the bomb Now, I'm, I'll get there to that verse in just a minute. But what I want you to notice about this verse in Isaiah chapter 53, look at these words. The word wounded, the word bruised, the word chastisement, the word stripes. Each one of those indicate a crushing, if you will, of the precious Lord. We just talked about if you need proof of his love, let no know. Further than the cross of Calvary. Uh, the, the word wounded means to break. The word bruised means to be beat to pieces. Or to be crushed. The word iniquities is fault. Uh, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. That is he was beat to pieces and crushed. For or on behalf of our transgressions. False, our cracks, our broken places. This word iniquities means that which tears the whole into parts. He was crushed because of what we did. The word chastisement means warning. The word peace means well, happy and and friendly. It's, it seems to imply the the being a friend of the world. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, signifying the chastisement or the punishment of our peace with the world was upon him, because he who is a friend of the world is an enemy of God. If you're at peace with the world, you're an enemy of God. That's what the Bible teaches. And so Jesus was being chastised because of the peace agreement that we made with the world instead of him. If you ever wondered what that phrase meant, there you go. You're welcome. (laughs) Amen. And with his stripes we are healed. The word stripes means blueness. You think about bruising. It means hurt. The word healed means To mend by stitching or putting it back together. To cure, to repair thoroughly, to make whole. Jesus, in other words, was held personally responsible for what we were personally responsible for so that He could personally do for us what we could not personally do for ourselves. That's good. Amen. I might repeat that. Jesus was held personally responsible for what we were personally responsible for so that he could personally do for us what we could not personally do for ourselves. He took the crushing that we rightly deserved so that from his veins would flow a bloodstream that could heal every man, woman, boy or girl that ever calls upon his name. The, the book of Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 22 says. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? The answer to the question obviously was yes. There was a balm in in gilead this is signifying what christ did through his crushing and through his bruising i think for example uh, of the olive whenever the olive is crushed it produces oil and you can't extract the oil from the olive without destroying the olive and you can't extract the anointing for healing without the crushing of christ it was an exchange. His life for yours. His life for mine. Don't you, don't you see the beauty of the grace of God in that reality? And, and understanding that concept and that now lay, having laid the groundwork for the crushing of Christ. The word balm means to crack as by pressure, to leak. As the sap or juice of trees or shrubs, uh, which is remarkably aromatic. Any fragrance or valuable ointment, anything which heals or which soothes or mitigates pain. It's a big word, it's a compact word. The word balm. I remember when I was a boy. Uh, we'd get into daddy's old tool shed and grab a hammer and nails and just put a nail in anything we could find. Uh, especially we like to put nails in old pine trees or whatever, just for the fun of it. And when we did, there would always be some of that sap that would ooze out of them trees after we started nailing nails. Y'all, some of y'all are nodding, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. And I, and I want you to think about when they nailed the spikes and there are lovely lords, hand and feet, and when they... Put the plaid, of, uh, uh, the, the, the plaid of the crown of thorns upon his brow, and how that from him became the sap of Almighty God for the healing of the nations. Is there no balm in Gilead? Oh, sure there is. Uh, the phrase balm of Gilead specifically is referencing a plant of the genus Amyris. I hope I pronounced that right. Its leaves yield, listen, when bruised, they yield a strong aromatic scent. And from this plant is obtained the balm of Gilead. It is used for aroma. It is used for cosmetics. And it is used for medicine. That's a change in your atmosphere. That's a change In your appearance, and that's a change in your attitude. Glory to God. (laughs) Do you realize what the balm of Gilead does for your soul when you receive Christ as your Savior and you receive the healing that came as a result of His crushing, that which His crushing produced for you and for me? It changes us. it, it, it puts a sweet scent in the air in your lives, and it's a sweet smelling uh, fragrance to God Almighty. He saw the travail of his son's soul, the Bible said, and was satisfied. Think about the stench that we are in the nostrils of God because of our sin. And think of what a difference it makes to the nostrils of God when at last we surrender to the forgiveness and the grace of Jesus Christ. And now all of a sudden we are no longer a stench in the nostrils of God, but we are a sweet-smelling savor. The King James Bible says we are a sweet odor to the Lord because we've been covered in the balm of Gilead. Woo! Glory to God! I'm about to cut loose and preach, Amen. (laughs) Mm, This is good stuff. Now, he'll change your atmosphere. He'll change your appearance. This is good for cosmetics, Uh, Amen. I'm glad. Uh, I like what one preacher said years ago: Grace will make you look better than you really are, Amen. (laughs) That's exactly right. Uh, I'm glad that grace covers for me, ain't you? Now, some of us men, uh, I well, I'll speak for myself. I won't nobody else in this boat uh, you know uh, that my dad taught me that uh, beauty is skin deep but ugly is all the way to the bone and uh, yeah and uh, there ain't no, no amount of makeup you can put on this face to make much improvement with right but I'm glad to tell you there's a balm in Gilead that can improve your curb appeal amen it will make it'll pick things up at your place uh, uh, I do know that when he puts a song in your soul and a pep in your step amen And he puts righteousness on you. You look different than you used to look. That's right. Your attitude. Because of that healing. Not only is healing available for the body. But even more importantly it's available for the broken soul. That Christ heals and brings back to life. So your external, your personal, and your internal struggles can all be cured by this bomb. Think of that. This word Gilead also means rocky region. <laughs> he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. Amen. And do we not sing of Mount Calvary? Amen. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. The emblem of suffering and shame. And as we think about Mount Calvary, that rocky region where Christ hang open and naked and full of our shame. Amen. From his wounds flow the balm In that rocky region called Mount Calvary. So that all who look to him can be saved. This ought to encourage your heart tonight. If you do not know Jesus as your Savior. There's enough forgiveness right now to save you from every sin that you ever committed. To clean you from every bit of it. You say God won't forgive my sin. Oh he covered it all honey. He covered it all. He who knew no sin became sin for us. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. So it takes us to Matthew 27 then. And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha. That is a place of a skull. Or a knoll or or top of a hill. Or a, a little round hill or mount near Jerusalem. That is to say a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall, and when he had tasted there, he would not drink, and they crucified him. And as he hanged there, refusing cure for himself, refusing medicine for himself, reminds me of a song that the cathedrals released years ago, He said, I thirst, yet he made the rivers. (laughs) I thirst, yet he made the sea. I thirst, said the king of the ages. In his great thirst, he brought water to me. Mm. I wish I could tell it as good as it is, but words are not adequate enough to explain to you the thoroughness of the grace that he offers you today. <laughs> and as he hung on the cross, needing healing, needing help, he refused it, he turned it down, because that wasn't for him, it was for you and I. Is there no balm in Gilead? Oh, yes, there is. But then it asks a staggering question we now need to focus on. Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? If God paid such great a price for our forgiveness, for our salvation, for our sanctification, for our spirit-filled living, then why are we living so beneath the potential that His blood has covered for us to walk in? Calvary addresses every problem, every obstacle, every condition that will prohibit you from serving God. And yet today many are sitting under the sound of my voice and they, there is a bomb that is available and God is sitting on ready to go to heal you, to forgive you, to uh, uh, enable you, to equip you, to mobilize you for him. And yet you're sitting there sick and broken and separated from his presence or his fellowship, not because the bomb is not available, but because you won't reach out and take it. Think about how foolish it would be if you were sick to just sit in your bed of affliction and refuse to walk to the kitchen cabinet and grab the medicine that could help facilitate your healing. Many today are just as close as a walk to the kitchen for what they need from God. And yet they sit and sulk and sour and whine and cry and rebel And they're not healed, but it's certainly not because God hasn't made a way. It's not God's fault that we are still broken. It's not God's fault that we're not serving Him. It's it's not God's fault that we're not effective. I've said it many times, and I'll say it a lot more. He did everything humanly and divinely possible that we might be saved and sanctified and spirit-filled and serving Him. Why are we not yet healed? He went all the way for you and me. He didn't meet us halfway. He came to where we was when we couldn't lift up so much as our head to Him. He came to where we was. I could see Him stooping down like uh, like He did whenever they came accusing the lady that was found in adultery. And they was ready to stone her. And Jesus (laughs) Oh, glory! I, I see as the lady is thrust upon the ground and they're ready with rocks in hand, ready to crush her beneath the weight of Moses law because she was found in adultery. And the law said she should be condemned to death. And while she was on the ground and they were looking at Christ wondering, how are you going to handle this big boy? Jesus stooped down to get where she was at. And I don't know what he might have wrote on the ground. But whatever it was, was a balm to that lady's soul. And before they ever pierced his hands, the grace was already flowing. Because he stooped. Because he was here Not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom. And he didn't even wait until the cross. And he didn't even wait until his blood was shed to start ministering. He was so eager to help, he started doing it before he even went to the cross. I'm telling you, we have an eager God. A willing God. An able God. If we are not healed, it is because we have chosen not to be healed. He said in Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 22, Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. Jesus' wounds lay open for you, sir, for you, ma'am. And from his wounds seep the healing balm that you and I need tonight. And I'd like to say there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood lose all, whoo, mm, they lose all their guilty stains. So call on him tonight whether you need salvation whether you need to be sanctified as we've been preaching on Maybe you're saved, but you're not serving Him, and you're out of sorts with God. Just come to the balm. It's still flowing. And there's still room at the cross for you, and there's still a balm in Gilead. God has not lost an ounce of power, an ounce of advantages from which to bless you and help you and enable you. Amen. Just because the church is weak don't mean Calvary's veins are weak. Amen, church? I'm telling you there is a bomb. let's tap into it, let's break out the bomb. It was made, it was provided to us so that we might utilize it. So by all means, let's make sure that the lamb who was slain will receive the reward of his inheritance by us taking advantage of what he uh, shed his blood on the cross to provide. Amen, church. Amen. Let's pray. Father... We just worship you tonight. We pray that you would help us. To take full advantage. Of what it is that you have provided for us. Lord not take it for granted. But make sure that we utilize it. Lord what a waste on our part. Would it be. To sit powerless, hopeless and helpless. When all we need is the balm of Gilead flowing from Calvary tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. Thank you, Lord, that you taught us that because you were crushed to a bloody pulp. And even though they laid you in the grave. You got up three days later victorious over death, hell and the grave. To teach us that we can never be broken beyond your ability to repair. You prove that through the crucifixion and through the resurrection. So that when we are in our dilemma. We can look to the cross and find. That there is no extent to which you haven't already gone. (laughs) To redeem our wretched souls and to help us through our dilemmas. Lord, uh, as it has been said, the fire cannot go where the fire has already been. May we realize that because the wrath of God's fire burned on your son on the cross and you poured out the wrath of God on your own son for our behalf, that if we'll shelter ourselves beneath the cross of Christ, we will not have to face the fiery wrath of God because we'll be covered by your grace. So help us now to receive the full benefits of the cross and to live in your healing in every facet of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. God's children say amen.